Dynasty Theory is now a proud member of the DLF family of podcasts, and we could not be more excited. Tune in each and every week when we provide actionable advice to help you navigate through the crazy world of Dynasty Fantasy Football. We're always diving into quickly changing values, market inefficiencies, and opportunities to help you build those dynasties. Make sure you also check out the show on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF. Enjoy. Check my inbox and what do I see? Just another day, another T-R-A-D-E I'm an addict And I need it in my veins, I'm an addict Otherwise I feel plain now Every day I wake up, people got a problem Making all these trades up, got me singing got em, But I've been paid up, I even started from the bottom See I don't wait up, I ain't even playing possum So what it cost them, just a couple of firsts Can't believe that it worked, not to say I'm a jerk But I'm an addict, it's what I said in the first You can curse who you want in your church, but I'ma keep tapping return. I win up, I learn. I ain't trying to burn any bridges. I yearn for the feeling I earn. I'ma win it's a turn. You had a cheek before I drop you like the beat. I'm an addict, and I'm not really ashamed. I'm an addict. I'm reclining with the brain. I'm an addict, and the pot is what I'm playing. I'm an addict. Russ and Rocky. Other names. Trade at expire. Let's go. I am Dynasty Outhouse, and I have a trading problem. I am Rocky Pacella, and I also have a trading problem. I am Jake Trailbridge, and I, three have a trading problem. Hey, everybody, and welcome to session 246 of the Trade Addicts Podcast, a member of the DLF family of podcasts, also a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the DAP Network, if you will, and we will... I man, the season's over. It is non-point scoring season. It's here. We are past the drama. We are paid out. We are on to next year. I have, at least as a commissioner, I have rolled over all my league safes. I did all the payouts. I posted all of the full draft orders. I created the one thirteens for all of the toilet bowl winners. Ugh. Get over it. You're just bad <laughs> ones you lost in TA6. And like, I'm, it, it's here. Like, there is nothing left for me to do for 2022. It is 2023, and I'm here for it. I'm ready for it. When we talk about trades, we can use pick numbers. No more of this early or late garbage. I love it. Picks are in the, the DLF trade analyzer now. Like, it is, it is here. It is time. Oh, I hate point scoring season. I'm so bad at it. Now we have four months of talking about rookie season. Yes. <laughs> yes. But before we do that, before we move on, Jake, I know you've been here before, but still, why don't you tell everyone who you are, what you do, and where they could find what you do? Certainly. If you forgot, because it's been a while. It's been a while. I, I was about ready to be insulted. If it had been too much longer before you'd uh, welcomed me back, I would have felt insulted. But as it stands, I'm just happy to be here. Uh, I am Jake Trowbridge. I'm at Jake Trowbridge on Twitter. Uh, I co host the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football podcast with Dustin Lunt. Uh, I co host the Ball Blast Fantasy Football podcast with Kate and Michelle Majuk. And I am a contributor to Matthew Berry's Fantasy Life uh, newsletter, and more relevantly, his Twitter. 
where you can find my doofy ass videos. <laughs> Fantastically funny doofy ass videos. Yes, videos. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I and I need that. to point out that your Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football co-host was watching us record, waited to hear you insult him, and then left. <laughs> and left. <laughs> He's gone That's now. all he needed, yep. baby. He just needed to make sure that I knew to yep. insult him at the appropriate time, and then he yep. skedaddled. That's how in step you guys are. Like, So if you've never listened to Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football, first of all, go do that. But like, here's a like, there is just a peek at how in sync they are. They know they know when they're going to insult each other. Not even on their show. When one person is on one show and the other person can just log in to watch. (laughs) We're so in sync. We are the Justin Timberlake and one of the other guys of in (laughs) sync. That is who we are. And I won't say who's who. Yeah, there are. Do they have names, the other guys? Lance? I believe there's a That's Lance. Right. Lance Bass group. was one of them. I'll okay. take Lance. Was Joey Fatone that. in sync? Joey Fatone. There you go. Was that that is probably a third, I think. <laughs> we haven't vetted it, but I think that's a third. We're going to call ourselves winners in this game and move on. Because <laughs> there's, there's, nowhere to, there's no good way to go from here. That's fair. <sighs> okay, so... Speaking of no good way to go from here, uh, the day, Monday, after the last day of the regular season in the NFL, is darkly and rightfully named Black Monday, because it is the day a lot of coaches get fired. And I'm just going to list them down, and I guess you know we'll talk about anything that either we're surprised, we're not surprised, or anything we think has any sort of fantasy, especially dynasty, impact. <gasps> The Cardinals fired Cliff Kingsbury. The Texans fired Lovey Smith. The Broncos fired Nathaniel Hackett. I just copied down the list and it had the Colts firing Frank Reich, but like that happened a long time ago, but okay. And then the Panthers fired Matt Rule. Which also happened a while ago. Exactly. But I didn't write that part down. So <laughs> first of all, I forget this until I ever see it written down. Do you think Cliff Kingsbury's first name Cliff is actually spelled with a K or does he think that makes him cool to change it from a C to a K? He seems like the kind of guy that changed it. Oh my I God. I think he changed I've it. never thought about that before. I hadn't either, but I, right. I think you're onto something Russ. And that says a lot. That just, yeah. Yeah. He wears his sunglasses inside and he spells it with a K on purpose, <laughs> erroneously. I think you're right. We're painting a very broad picture that is getting more and more detailed as we go on of, of Cliff Kingsbury. And maybe he's the fifth member of NSYNC. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope I, you know, he's young enough looking that I wouldn't be shot. Like if you inserted him Photoshop wise into mm-hmm. like one of their early album covers, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be he like that, that guy. Nice hair, guy. right? Like I think he could do it. Yeah. yeah. He could absolutely. Also, mm-hmm. I always think of him as Cliff Pillsbury. I hope that there is one other person out there <laughs> who feels that way, but I don't. <laughs> like everybody lines, everybody goes to fucking cardinal practice. Oh, Mr. Kingsbury, <laughs> how's it going? Mr. Like shaking hands and Jake just goes. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I'm not alone. And there are so many people that don't even know what the hell the Pillsbury Doughboy is right now. Oh, it no. just hurts my feelings. Uh, okay, so 
Okay, let's move on with the stupid things I have to say. Do you think Lovey Smith just completely got fired for winning that game? Oh, totally. He even went for two at the end just to just to like totally like screw them. Like he he could have like, tied it and still lost in overtime, but no. Lovey Smith made perfect sense to have as a bridge coach to keep the locker room intact, I guess, like bring stability or whatever horrible cliche you want. Like I saw them hire Lovey Smith and I'm like, yeah, you keep him there until you get the off, you know, you find that offensive guy or, you know, the next guy that you want and you have him there because he knows what he's doing and has been not bad as a coach for a long time. And like, to me, that was perfect, but I figured it would be like two, three seasons and he's fired. And it, the only reason I could think of it's because they won and they shouldn't have. <laughs> I feel like he was giving double guns on the yeah. way out. and was just like, <laughs> no peace out. But I agree. I thought he would stick around short term. I didn't yeah. think short term would be one season. I thought it would be like you said, at least a couple because here's my conundrum with this. That team, nobody knows what it is still right now. Wouldn't you have the coach stick around until the roster is somewhat solidified yeah. and like see that part of it through? And then they're just like, no, you're done. We're going to restart this whole thing again next year. And we still don't know what the team looks like. Yeah. Like the only thing I could think of is whoever, like, I don't, Stroud or Young, whoever is like the consensus one, like maybe they just like the second guy better and they have a coach in mind waiting and ready for whoever the quarterback is that they want. But yeah, it just, it seems so, what? what? Poor, I, Texans yeah. being It's funny, Texans, the year man. before too, Cully had, had had them playing better than anybody thought they should and then they fired him. So the, 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 yeah, I think they're firing coaches for doing too well. <laughs> yeah, it's That's fun strategy. It's <laughs> a hell of a with a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how it works. Can't even tank right. I mean, it's it's not great. Uh, but like, really, there was no like. Usually, I feel like there's one every once in a while where at least you're like, yeah. I mean, maybe I could have seen that, but I didn't really need to. Like, no, all of these we saw happening, and. I don't know if that's reassuring, like <laughs> things finally went the way they were supposed to, or if it's just like, oh, that's boring. Okay. Because I got, it especially sucks for us right now, because I don't think any of this really matters much for fantasy football sake, except for like Kingsbury and rule might go somewhere and be good offensive coordinators again. And like, that's good. <laughs> you know, that's, that's good for the league, but Clearly, it's nothing we can talk about right now. And none of these offenses, well, besides the Cardinals, and the Cardinals are even still in a weird spot with Kyler, that it's just like, it's not like we can say, oh, they're going to come in and do this, because they're going to come in, unless we're talking about them moving Kyler after signing him, like pulling an OBJ, but with a six times more expensive contract, like it's moving him the next year. They're just in waiting for a couple of months after the season starts. So I guess, Jake, does any of this mean anything to you, fantasy football-wise? Well, I was going to ask about the only prevalent one in my mind, which is Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. Because with Cliff Kingsbury, it's not just about him. It's about what the domino effect looks like. Like, we've already heard reports that DeAndre Hopkins might be traded out. 
And then again, we don't know Kyler Murray's status. Maybe he pulls the Joe Burrow and is somehow back for week one, but probably not. And it's just like, there's a lot of peace. Like James Conner is getting up there for a running back. If you have a very big decision as the Cardinals ownership of what you're going to do, and it could very easily go either direction. So I'm in limbo, like in terms of trading for or trading away these guys, Kyler is, I'm going to hold him and maybe I'll make him a, a trade low candidate, like go after him with the uncertainty. Everybody else, I don't know what to do. I I mean, at this point, the only thing I could think of is hope. Like a player gets traded or drafted by a bad place, a wide receiver at least. And we're always like, let's stick with talent over situation. So like Rocky and I are big uh, Marquise Brown fans. Yep. So like I'm still going to be happy about Marquise Brown. I'm still going to value him the same as I did before. But it's going to be rough because we don't, like you said, we don't know. And it's Cliff Kingsbury, after years of trying, finally got the wide receiver core he needed to run his system. And just everything fell to hell. Like, so, like, you're right. Like, Hopkins might end up going somewhere. And if they do send Kyler somewhere, you have to figure Marquise Brown is going to try and work his way out of town because he went there for, like, this could get, you're right, this could get ugly. (laughs) And there's no way to know. There is, and I don't, there's no reason for any of this to happen quickly is the more annoying part for us. Mm -hmm. So we are going to sit here in speculation. And like, I think you're right. Like, you know, Kyler is good. You know, Kyler is what he is, regardless of who is running that offense. Because even when Kingsbury first got there and was making it up as he was going along, Kyler was still doing really well. Kingsbury started to run his offense. When Kyler was healthy, Kyler was doing really well. Marquise Brown is talented. He was doing well on the non-passing Ravens with a Lamar isn't the greatest deep passer. He was still doing well. He went to the Cardinals and was doing really well. So I'm fine keeping my faith in Marquise Brown. I still believe in Trey McBride, though you don't really have to pay much to get him anyway. But yeah, the James Conner thing is a little sad because like he never had much dynasty value, but it was fun seeing him do well. And it, if he stays, if he goes, it, it's just, it's not going to be the same. I don't think so. I mean, that that's a little sad. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think Kyler goes anywhere and I do think, I mean, yes, there's uncertainty, but it, it could be better for, for years there. There was sort of complaints about the Kingsbury offense and, and all this stuff. Yeah. So when Kyler back healthy and if Hopkins goes, like you said, I, Wheels up for Hollywood, in my opinion, Wheels as long as Kyler is still there. I mean, we saw at the beginning of the year, I think he was basically a wide receiver one during those weeks without Hopkins. So uh, if Kyler's there, I don't expect him to be much like any worse because Kingsbury's gone. So I do, and we've talked about it once the Kyler injury happened. I, I kind of do like him as a buy low. I think I like him more than most people do. Uh, and especially now that he's more affordable, he's more someone that I might actually go after since I don't generally pay up for quarterback. Uh, but the, you kind of, uh, and we talked about this when it happened because it actually happened a couple of weeks ago. But I was also going to mention, I do think there could be like a sort of Urban Meyer effect of removing Nathan and Nathaniel Hackett from the Broncos. So I'm very interested to see if that, how that plays. I mean, we won't know for, you know, until the point scoring season again, really. I don't think 
It will be very interesting if they bring Sean Payton in, which they've already talked to him. But I just think the removal of Hackett himself is almost like kind of what we saw for Trevor Lawrence this year. Just getting Meyer out of there probably made a huge difference. Yeah, I I will latch on to anything that will make me happy to believe that Russell Wilson might not be bad in real life. I can't life. believe he's that bad. Like, the, he was inconsistent at times in Seattle. He was not bad and he was bad this year. So I'm, I'm all for the fact I'm all for blaming Nathaniel Hackett and that no matter, and oh man, if they do bring in Sean Payton, like, like the, it was funny. The one thing is that like, at least we know Sean Payton can handle short quarterbacks. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you know, this might be me having too many shares overlapping shares of Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, but I really want to believe that both of them are <laughs> by-low candidates in Dynasty right now. My question about Russ, though, from a practical standpoint, we want to apply the Urban Meyer principle to him, which I get, and I want to do as well, but he is a 33-year-old quarterback at this point. Don't Doesn't it feel like Russell should have been able to figure something out I know it can happen to anybody. I understand, but like Trevor Lawrence first year in the league, like yeah, you got to give him a lot of a lot of leeway. And Urban Meyer is so bad. And maybe Nathaniel Hackett is that bad, as bad as <laughs> Urban Meyer, which he could be. But it just feels like Russell, couldn't you have done something with well, this? Is Russell Wilson as lame as he seems to be where he wouldn't even improvise on his own on the field? Nope, they called that play. I'm running that play. That's what we're doing. Like, is he that much of a goody-goody that he will just, even if he can't do it, go out and still run? I want to believe, like, I've seen too many sports movies that in my heart I want it to be, like, that not true, where the last play of the season, he's like, I'm doing this my way. I want the ball, Coach Winners <laughs> always do. You know, like, but, yeah, there was not really any of that. I, so again, I will latch on to anything that will make me believe that Russell Wilson just isn't bad. Yeah, bad. and I get what you're saying, Jake. I just to, to kind of the inverse of that to me is just though I can't believe after what we saw for ten years that he just fell off the face of the earth this year at thirty with thirty three. Maybe he it's just like needs thirty eight altitude. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> he can't get the ball to go right. It's you, the altitude. I mean, AFC, more. NFC, they almost never went over there. <laughs> You know, so maybe it's just oh, you know, he, needed a, he needed a season to just adapt. I hope. Again, now that he's got down the elevation, it's all yeah. all, all, I, all. I will grasp at any straw time. someone points at me. But like that core, do we at least feel like the Denver Broncos core offense seems to be the most stagnant of any of the group that we've talked about in terms of the coaches going away? Like, there, Cortland Sutton's going to be there, like him or not. Jerry Judy's going to be there. Javante Williams is going to be there. Uh, those guys, and uh, I guess if we're really into the dulcet strain, which I am, he's still going to be there. He's doing really well, even when the team is doing bad. Right, so at least he has a core. Like, whatever coach comes in, like, that stuff's staying the same, so that's something. And, like, he, a coach has, assuming rational GMing, which is, like, the dumbest thing to do when we're (laughs) talking about the NFL, like, at this point, especially with how poorly things went, you have to be like, what coach will do best with Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Greg Dulcich, and whatever the hell else we have? Like, they need to tailor this to what they have 
But again, assuming they try to be intelligent, which a tough spot always a big assumption. <laughs> you can't assume. All right. So what else is there? Uh, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> Uh, we always let our guests choose. Jake, do you want to do listener questions or trade addicts trades first? I'm so into listener questions right now. Let's fire them off. Okay, so when I sent out the tweet, hold on, I need to actually fi- like get the proper order of all the crap I said because like <laughs> people numbered their answers. <laughs> okay, so I said, what should we talk about? What should Rocky ask him? Because I always have to find a way to tag Rocky in this. So, like, <laughs> so I just find a, a stupid way to work his name into it. Um, am I actually going to ask these two questions? Heck yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's only one that's really asking a question. So, whatever. Uh, what is your New Year's resolution? What is your favorite donut? And what is your favorite alcoholic beverage? Oh, yeah. And what players are you trading for? So, but actually, no, screw that. Before we listen, we ask the listeners, Jake. What was your New Year's resolution? Uh, I don't do New Year's resolutions. What I do is when the clock rolls over to the new year, I thank myself for getting to the new year, and then I move on. I never, buddy. That's <laughs> it. And that's my – I'll call it my resolution then. It's just get through to the next year, buddy. You got it. <laughs> Favorite donut? Donut is a, it's a big topic of conversation for me. First of all, if I were to choose a dessert to have for the rest of my life, it would be donut. And I know that that is is, uh, not popular. I love donuts. They're the breakfast dessert, but you can have them at any time of the day. It's the Hmm. most perfect ideal. It's the best idea anybody's ever had in my (laughs) lifetime. It's a donut. I love jelly donuts. I love a jelly donut. Like that is my 101 if we want to go that way. I love it. But any sort of like, even like a cream Bavarian filled donut. I love it all. So good. Uh, What is your favorite alcoholic beverage? I am big into bourbon right now. I I drink beer most often because it's easy. It's accessible. But I love bourbon and I'll drink it by itself. You can mix it up a little bit. In Wisconsin here, the old-fashioned uses brandy, but I like to still use whiskey and bourbon. Yes. See, I, I'm a big whiskey drinker. I'm not a bourbon guy. Bourbon is a little too sharp for me, but I love me a whiskey old-fashioned. Like, that is my jam. Um, well, I just answered that question. And <laughs> what players are you trading for right now? I, we hinted at him a little bit. Kyler Murray is one. Uh, Russell Wilson is two. It's based purely on their cheapness. Yeah. That's all it is That's, right now. Yeah, absolutely. But they're great values, I think. Okay. And Rocky, we'll do ours at the end. Um, but yeah. Oh, no. I'm tired of talking. Rocky, you go. You read these. What am I reading? The, the question for Jake? <laughs> yeah. I don't even... What does this mean? Will we see annexation of Puerto Rico in playoffs? Oh, you're the worst. All right, I'm going to read this. All right, well, okay, so the first one is from at Eric John Flynn. Is that from a movie or something? I don't get it. Oh, you're the worst. (laughs) (laughs) He might kick you off of this podcast, Rocky. All right. I'm sorry. First, let's go in order. 
He says, it's gonna be another movie I should have seen already. We do not often talk about taking over the world. We just do it. We don't talk about it. We just do. Do or do not. There is no try. I had to explain that to my daughter tonight, weirdly enough, like what that meant. She's like, what do you mean there's no try? And I'm like, either you just go and you go and it works or it doesn't. But you don't have to worry about trying. It's just about going and doing or just she's She's a non-Star Wars person, too. She at least has room to grow into it. She uh, is had the seven. room, and I haven't done it. Yeah. Yeah. It's more excuse. Uh, I get it. So yes. Uh the next one is will we see the annexation of Puerto Rico in the playoffs? Rocky, your homework for tonight. Go watch Little Giants. Oh my god, I've never seen Little Giants now. Go my watch goodness. Little Giants. Oh yeah, I know. I've I've also gotten ripped because I've never seen Draft Day. Okay, but I think that came up with the fact that it's a football movie. Little Giants is just fantastic. It only <laughs> helps that it's a football movie. I mean, it's Ed O'Neill and Rick Moranis. Like I'm aware of it. Yeah, I've just never seen it. You you really should go I'm watch sure it. I'm going to get ripped in the Cool Kids Club when this uh, gets and watched by the people. John Madden's in it for like three minutes. It's great. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Star-studded cast. Yeah, really. It, it can't get any better. <laughs> you than you Little can't Giants. beat a Rick Moranis movie. No. And I believe that that they're referring to uh, with the annexation of Puerto Rico. I, I think that's a spin on the Chiefs uh, and their wild play that they did this last week where they all got into a huddle on the field and then they span around, right? And then they just lined up really fast to try to confuse the defense and catch them off guard. So they didn't know that Patrick Mahomes was playing running back there because it's just some guy apparently <laughs> sitting in front of them. The annexation um, of Puerto Rico was they hike the ball and the quarterback just puts the ball underneath the center's legs and, you know, fakes a handoff. The, the running back runs, everyone tackles him. And then when everyone's running after the running back, the center just picks up the ball and starts running. <laughs> so magic trick. He, he, really what he titled the play The Annexation of Puerto Rico. By the way, Russ, think... is, is there any movie you haven't seen? In the... From in the 90s to like 2003, no. Okay. <laughs> How about Brink? This is an obscure one. Brink is a Disney film. It's about downhill skaters. I want to really put this <laughs> to the test. Have you seen Brink? Huh? I have. There's some early. I, oh, I will not remember a thing about it, but I've seen it. All That's right. hilarious. <laughs> I've never right, even right. heard of I Brink. forgot that movie existed. And you're like, Brink. I'm like, what the hell is that? And you're like, Downhill Cerebral. I've seen that. <laughs> I'm not saying it's good, but no. it's out there. And you've seen it. So that's all that matters. Yeah. Oh, well, first of all, I was always a huge nerd. So, like, all kids are going out and doing things. And computers in houses started to become a thing when I was in, like, six-ish grade so i was screwed like i was not leaving the house so i had a computer i had my t and i had two tvs in my room one for movies one for video games so like <laughs> why don't you I brag knew, about it a little I bit aren't you fancy russ Jeez. i never went anywhere oh yeah i took someone's broken tv that couldn't get any <laughs> like reception into it so all you need to do was plug your uh vcr into it and it worked you know like you see yeah vcr take that young kid <laughs> what's a vcr and then <laughs> once high school came around my brother got a job in a movie theater so i got in for free from then then i started working there and then my best friend worked there for a bunch of years afterwards so there was like literally a decade where i did not pay for a movie 
And, and he watched thing. all of them. I watched all of them, even if I didn't want to, because I could. Like me and my it's best here, friend, I pretty power. much lived at my house, and we both worked at the theater, and only I had a car. So whenever either of us would work the morning, one would us work the morning, one of us would work the afternoon. We would both just go for the day, and one would sit and watch movies while the other one worked, and then we would just switch. It's amazing. I never want to play you in Trivial Pursuit, especially if it's a movie themed <laughs> oh, version. In the early 2000s, there was what was it like? Seen it, I think, was the name of the oh, board yeah. games that came out. Or like, oh, yeah. Nobody wanted to play. Like, I used to play against teams of like four and, and <laughs> still win because I just knew so much dumb shit about movies. Rocky, I would like to play you in that you because you haven't would, yeah. seen Little Giants. So I think I could take you and seen it. That's my only basis for it. Well, we'll have to play over FaceTime, Jake. <laughs> It'll be great and not infuriating at all. Okay, so to move on with Eric's questions and somewhat back to fantasy football at some point, uh, I asked, what is your New Year's resolution? He just said, no, thanks. I asked, what is his favorite donut? Donut. He said, not applicable. Oh, no donut really. fan. Okay. Doesn't eat donuts. What is his favorite alcoholic beverage? He said, whiskey. So at least we got that going. What are the players he is looking for? Drake London, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Trevor Lawrence. Hmm. I agree. Like, I am all over Trevor Lawrence in every way, shape, or form. Like, he's like, I would, the entire season, I've been like ready for it. Because I, I he's he's good. He couldn't have been that bad. In which case, he could only get better. In which case, his value could only go up. And and there were some times throughout the season where he looked really good. And the thing was, what makes me happy, really the wrong phrasing. Like, like he didn't look great for the last few games of the season, especially for fantasy. So people might not be enamored with him at all. Like, especially if they just go like one and done in the playoffs and he's out. I'm I'm probably going to try and get Trevor Lawrence like every single week. I love that. Can I quickly throw in as an add-on that I just realized? Calvin Ridley for the next month, maybe two months, is kind of the guy to go after before it's yes. dawning realization of like, he's hooking up with Trevor Lawrence. Yes. yes. You're speaking so, Russ's language. So, so much speaking my language. All I need is for at the end of the 23 season – T Higgins to go over to Jacksonville. So I have not only do I have Higgins and Ridley on the same NFL team, but I got some Clemson connection going on between quarterback and wide receiver and running back. And it's just like, I'm a Jaguars fan. That's fine. Beautiful. Like I will paint a Jaguar on my face or something. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I I didn't know where I was already a Jaguars fan. Russ. What? <laughs> I think between Trevor Lawrence and Kirk, you're pretty much there almost. Oh, yeah, Kirk, and Kirk. That was my dude for a while, too. Yeah. Uh, but, okay, I want to ask, Amon Ross St. Brown, you, you, like, you know, you've seen him a few times. Do you think he's a top five dynasty wide receiver? I thought it was interesting that they included him as part of their answer because the other two, like, made so much sense to me. Amon Ross St. Brown... I don't know how to gauge his value right now. If if it's compared to last offseason at this time, it feels like it's shot through the roof. Because if you were like me last offseason at this time, and I said he's a product of a lack 
of competition, then you missed out. And now the price is going to be substantially higher to get him. But I still don't really know what the price is. And so maybe he still is a value because I don't know if everybody's accepted it necessarily. So what? he finished the season in points per game wide receiver nine. Yeah, with I was just a little over 17 points per game. He, oh, I did. I, oh, let me hold on. Let me pull up that mock and see where he went. Oh, I have two of them because I just get brought into the DLF mocks at this point. Let's pull up wide receivers. Amon Ross St. Brown in a one quarterback league. No, this is super flex. Was drafted 206 at one, two, three, four, five. Wide receiver six at the 206. And then in a one QB mock. Let me click the right button so I can actually get to it. Draft. Seventh overall. Wow. Wide receiver seven. I guess I still feel like I'm not bought in at that ADP. I don't know. Rocky, talk me off a ledge. I feel stupid, but I don't feel like I'm bought in at that ADP. Yeah, I just th- I I I'm right around that ADP. I think I was actually gonna maybe after I talk a little bit here, we can maybe do the the game, Russ. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he did it at the end of last year. Like you said, everybody blamed the lack of competition and he wasn't at that level. So the, I, I, the lack of competition did boost him. I mean, he was like Devonte Adams level for like the last six games of 20, uh, 21, but he, he did it at the end this year. And they, I mean, for a lot of the season, Hawk was there. Jamison Williams obviously wasn't, but I don't think Jamison Williams is going to hurt him too much. They play totally different roles exactly. and, and Goff. I think it's going to be there still and Goff loves him and, and is a legit quarterback at this point. He's, he's not trash. I mean, everybody, we all treat him as trash and nobody really wants to acquire Jared Goff, but he's, I I, I want a redraft title with Jared Goff down the stretch. Uh, he was putting up points all over the place. So I, I, I'm in on uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. I, 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 he's young. I mean, the, I mean, the only thing he's got going against him is his lack of draft capital. Which you know he's a fourth round pick, but if he was, if he was a, a, like a thirty five overall and was doing what he was doing, his his value would be even higher than it is now. You know, if he was taller, because <laughs> he's, you know, he's, we he's still can't respect yeah. you know the slot receivers. They need to be X types. The DLF trade analyzer has him in between the one hundred one and one hundred two, much closer to the one hundred two than the one hundred one. Okay. I was going to say, I, would, I mean, I don't know. Bijan Robinson yeah. versus. Bijan Robinson, yeah, yeah. Bijan is going to be in the right. first round. But again, he was drafted in this mock at 206. So. I don't know if I take him over the QB one. With in the rookie QB one. I mean, in a draft, maybe I would. Would I trade the 102 for Amon Ross St. Brown right now? Probably not. 103? Probably. <laughs> like, four, definitely. Yes. Like, yeah. Because as of right now, it's Bijan two quarterbacks. And then you have at that point your choice of, or I'm just going to stick with positions like RB2 or wide receiver one. But like at that point, what would you want out of wide receiver one that you're drafting? You would be thrilled if he turned into Amon. Like, why wouldn't you make that trade? 
I mean, unless you just happen to super be into Smith and Jigbo or Addison or something like that, like, unless you like that specific player, like you should be thrilled to get a wide receiver nine. Yeah, and someone who's done it for you like that player, you should, and a half. I would, you should take the give. I mean, there's a lot of players we've liked that have gone in the top five of rookie drafts uh, that have not done crap. So, uh, I mean, Nikhil Harry was the 101 a couple years ago. For Shut like. up. <laughs> but also, doesn't it feel like there's not as much zest for this rookie class anyways in that way right now? Like, I don't, I don't feel the same way about whoever you think is the wide receiver one for this class as I did last year, the year before. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me not being clued in enough. But, like, it feels like, yes, I would take Amon Ra St. Brown over them because the question marks seem to be much thicker with them. Well, I think we have – well, there's no Jamar Chase. Like, from what I'm – seeing reading here well, <laughs> i don't read um yeah like there doesn't seem to be a jamar chase but there seems to be a large chunk of those guys from last year like the garrett wilson's drake london's and uh trey lamp like a lot of those in which case it gets a little murky because like at first like we had Brees and then all of those guys and then it yeah okay but now we have like supposedly Bijan by himself, the two quarterbacks, and then like a tier of like six to seven people where even like we have no idea what to do with them. But before last year's draft, it still seemed like everyone had those wide receivers ranked there and they stayed there after the draft. Like nothing really seemed to happen. Like I think the real difference is people's minds were made up on last year's draft players very quickly and i think that's what the difference is right now and i think another difference to kind of what jake's saying too is it it was all about the wide receivers last year like it's Bijan, and we actually have quarterbacks in this draft uh, as opposed to last year so i think that's kind of kind of putting them more back of mind because it's more about those guys right now than than those receivers but did you want to uh, kind of see where he slots in here, uh, Russ? Yeah, let's do it. I pulled up the ADP. So in December, he was wide receiver 10. I'm going to go down a little bit because there's two, three interesting names below him. Drake London or Amon Ross St. Brown? I would take Amon Ra easily, but I was lower that? on London coming in. And yeah, then you, I, I know some people, I, I don't know Jake's take on London. And I know some people like, if you like London, you like London. So it's, I know we're supposed to value talent, talent above all else with wide receivers. I do not value the wide receiver in the Atlanta Falcons right now. <laughs> and I will, I'm fine with taking the hit if it yeah. turns out that he's great, but I won't do it right now. Oh, see, that's the, great thing about being in like 20 leagues you have the chance to get a just in case share like i have one share of drake london one share of jameson williams one share of ken walker like i have one share of a lot of most people just in case even though <laughs> even if i don't really believe in them dk metcalf or i'm on Rothstein brown that's a tough DK. one <laughs> take um, yeah i think i go tk I do. He's hit higher heights. And DK is wide receiver 12, by the way. It's only a three spot actual difference in ADP, but he's wide receiver 12. And above him is Garrett Wilson. Interesting. 
I would I take Amon Ross St. Brown just yeah. because of Jets. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I would I take really Amon like Garrett Wilson, and he's shown that he can be very good in this league. And I was thrilled that the Jets were willing to bench Zach Wilson. But that also, I have to now trust them to make the right decision for their next quarterback when they went from Sam Darnold to Sam Darnold. <laughs> yeah, also keep in mind, they were willing to bench Zach Wilson. They were also willing to play Zach Wilson again. So how much do we really trust their intellect well, in this yeah, situation? Everybody went and got hurt know. after that. I mean, <laughs> but like you could have, you could have started. I swear, you could have started Michael Carter at quarterback, and I would have had more confidence in the team. Yes, at I would that have been week. so happy. He'd have been starting in all my fantasy spots. It's still music to my ears to hear people rip Zach Wilson consistently now. <laughs> <laughs> Rocky was right about, so he just needs to relish in it. Yes, I, I, I've been taking that victory lap, yes. Absolutely. Okay, so let's go a few players above him. Now, age is going to be a big one in this one. Tyreek Hill or Steph Diggs versus Amon Ross St. Brown? Wow. Uh, Stefan Diggs is 29 going on 30. Am I They're, correct in that? Uh, they are two months apart from each other. Oh, wow. Stefan Diggs is 29 and Tyreek Hill is 28.8. Oh, well, it's that 0.8. It's that 0.2 difference. That, yeah. That's <laughs> me with Tyreek Hill. Uh, I'm still more willing to, like, I think with Tyreek Hill, I know that the cliff is coming, but the cliff could look a lot like Deshaun Jackson, where it's not going to be like, all of a sudden, you're irrelevant. It's just going to be like, oh, you're going to notice, and hopefully you have the window to trade him away. I'm on Ross St. Brown. I still believe, yes, you're a very good wide receiver. I don't trust the Detroit offense, I guess, as much as everybody else does right now. I think it's on a little bit of a high that will come back down. I think I take both the vets over Amina right now. It's close-ish to me, but I'd, I'd still take them. They're just yeah. so good still. I don't care that they're 28 and 29. Yeah. And especially Diggs, it has nothing to do with speed with him. He's just such a good route runner. And I have to be honest, I've, I haven't watched enough Tyreek Hill to know if it's just about speed with him or what else it is. But they show no signs of slowing down. And for part of the season, playing like three snaps the entire season, Deshaun Jackson had the fastest on-field speed for a while. So like... It, it, it doesn't always happen. And I know comparing an outlier to an outlier seems like really bad process, you know? <laughs> but it's, it's, I still, I'll take the older guys over them. Cause I, how long of its window do you play for? Like to even say two years feels weird because not only do we, has the NFL gotten to the point where stability is out the window between quarterbacks and coaches and anything where people will get traded or fired or whatever or anything for seemingly no reason out of nowhere and also because how often how long do players stay on your teams like that's the next thing i need to try and find out who's been on my team the longest of like you know it's probably the answer is like deami brown because i drafted him and no one ever wanted him from me (laughs) but you know like a player of like consequence how long they've been on my team Uh, above that i think it's kind of gonna Okay, so there's Chris Olave, T. Higgins, Jalen Waddle, CeeDee Lamb, A.J. Brown, and I'm not going to chase him, Jefferson. Are there any of those players you would take Amon Ra over? I guess I could see a path for Amon Ra over Chris Olave. 
Even though I loved Olave coming into the season, I still maintain that he's going to be a really good wide receiver in this league. And he came out fast, but you're right. It's, I don't know what their plan at quarterback is. I thought I knew. And and then Jameson Winston gets hurt and they won't bring him back in. And that's frustrating as all hell. So I guess I don't know what their approach is there again, talent wise. I still think he's going to be fantastic. Yeah. But I would put him up against Amon Ra in that category anyhow. So it's kind of a coin flip for me. Uh, to me, I, I'm pretty. I'm a little even more. I think easily on the Amon Ra end of that one. Uh, as much as uh, you and you and Bosch love Alave, and I do like Alave, uh, Amon Ra was four points ahead of him uh, per game this year, uh, which is pretty significant. And he was banged up, but he also had like no competition the second half of this year. And he did not do what Amon Ross St. Brown did. Like everyone made that excuse. Oh, well, it's only lack of competition. And it's not like I do say, you know, Goff is a legit quarterback, but it's not like he's leaps and bounds ahead of uh, Andy Dalton either. I would say so. Uh, we did not see, we have not seen a lobby do what Amon Ross St. Brown has already done. And then sort of, did a facsimile of this year. He you know, he wasn't quite as good, but very good still. So I would still definitely go Amon Ra over Lave. Amon Ra has proved a lot more to me. And we don't know what the QB situation is going to be in New Orleans anyway. So uh, where I think Goff is definitely probably there for at least next year. I'm actually with you. I agree completely with pretty much everything you just said. <laughs> the answer is, like you said easily. I don't think it's easy for me. Like I think it's pretty close to the point where – while it shouldn't happen, if I saw someone trade one for the other, I'd just be like, all right, cool, go get the guy you like. But I'll take the guy who's on this somewhat steady offense, who we know who the quarterback is, and like the Saints don't have a first or money. So it's going to be tough for them to get a quarterback. Yep. Okay, so next we have at OMG, it's Brew. I asked, what should we talk about? Anything and everything. We're on our way for that. Um. <laughs> Question, what should Rocky ask Jake? What kind is of... That, is that supposed to be beer? He said, what kind of bear is best? <laughs> now, <laughs> we go with polar or... Bear, or is that supposed to say beer? <laughs> I, I hope that's a Dwight Schrute reference, but I don't know if it is for a fact or not. What kind of bear is best? That's what, that's what I'm hoping they were going with, but I truly don't know. I'm prepared to answer both. By the way, I think go. Go I want to hear both. Okay, uh, I will say starting with bear. What kind of bear is best? I'm going to go polar bear. You know why? Because I just got a dog just in the last like three weeks that looks exactly like a polar bear. To the point, it's a great Pyrenees. Mm. Uh, we haven't had a dog for a while. We adopted a dog recently. It's great. It's going well. His name is Banks. People have told me, like, if your holiday card next year is not him with an old school Coca-Cola bottle next to him, <laughs> like something's gone wrong. That's an old reference, too. We're alienating I all the it. children <laughs> in this podcast, but that's fine. Uh, Get off our lawn. <laughs> I will go with Polar Bear based on that. That is also, a giant fluffy white thing. Like, it really is. How really how big is. is yours? Is he is it a baby or is it? He's he's two years old. He's seventy five pounds right now, but he's going to get because he's a little mal- malnourished. He's going to be like ninety to hundred pounds. He's going to be a big fella. Uh, it's going to be great. Uh, so but much. never wear I, black again. 
Every <laughs> it's just it the the fur melts into you. It's fun. Yeah. You get used to it. But that's why I choose polar bear. Also, it's the only one I think I could fight. I don't think I could fight any other bear. I feel like just because of the fluffiness, I'd be lured into a fight with a polar bear. I'd lose, but I think I could do it. With a beer, though, it gets much more challenging. I love, and you don't see it a lot these days, a red ale. Like an Irish red ale is my jam. We went to Ireland last year, my wife and I, and I got to have all of the red ales that I ever wanted. And it was like a dreamscape. It was wonderful. That's that, that is not what I expected at all. And yeah, it legitimately can't remember the last time I had a red ale. Like Killian's is the only thing that's coming to my head right now. Yeah. It's like the best of both worlds. It's not happy, but it's not like super sweet. It's this thing right in the middle. I'm playing to the middle of America or the middle of Ireland, I guess, with this answer. I don't know, <laughs> but I love it. All right. And what do we, what do we, what do we, what do we, what do we have next? Um, Oh, what was his new year resolution? Just trying to be a better dad slash husband. Four boys under the age of seven and a half. Godspeed, man. I can't say that I envy the situation in like five years from now with that age group of what that's going to look like under the house. I grew up with basically only brothers. Yeah, it was, it was rough. I have four, but not all boys, and not all within seven and, uh, or so years of each other. So good luck with that. So glad we stopped. By the way, his donut question is the exact right answer. By the way, yeah, his favorite donut, maple donut with bacon bits on top, and he's like, "Don't and knock it till you delicious. try it." Who is knocking that? Yes, that is that is the best. That's, that's donut. wonderful. Yeah, that sounds great. Any, anything with bacon on it is good. And another smart man, his favorite alcoholic beverage, any whiskey or bourbon. And the players he's going after, Deontay Johnson and Jacoby Myers. I mean, Myers is cheap. You can get them both pretty cheap (laughs) at this point. I mean, that's, I guess that's a good thing for to go after right now. Like you said, Wilson and Kyler, you might be going after because of their cheaper price. These two guys, I probably don't have to spend a first on Deontay. I was just going to say, is Deontay a high second at this point? Yeah. Unless you have someone who believes that with a better offensive line, like I, to me, like Probably the Steelers me. can't get worse. Like it'd be re- <laughs> okay. That's a lie. It would be really hard for the Steelers to get worse. Yeah. They can, and like I don't really believe in Pickett all that much in general. But like still, if the dude has more than half a second before he has to lose the ball or lose his life, he could throw a little bit more accurately. So like I think Deontay could do better, but even still, at the price you're getting him at, I, there's like no risk to it. Yeah, it almost feels like less of a belief in Pickett. What's your belief level in George Pickens right now? And do you think that, like, is that dude, as exciting as he is, do you think that dude is the number one in that offense? Because the targets right now say differently. Obviously, as a rookie, I get it. That can change and that can elevate. I still feel like at least it's a 1A to 1B conversation right now with the two of them. And I don't think people are factoring that in, I think, because Pickens is at least sexy. And Deontay Johnson is the exact opposite of that right now. And so, yeah, like if you're saying if I can give away a second round, it might be lower than a high second round pick come draft day. Come rookie draft day, you might be able to give away a mid-second round pick for Deontay Johnson. I would absolutely I think I would give any second round pick for Deontay Johnson. Well, of course you would. But (laughs) besides the fact that 
we have now completely debunked the idea that you can't have two very good fantasy producing wide receivers on the same team because we have like 12 of them right now. <laughs> but the Steelers always have. And while you try and say, well, it's different quarterbacks, different this, different that, but it's still Mike Tomlin. That offense has been the same since Jerome Bettis left. <laughs> like once he left, they didn't just only run the ball. Like once he left, they started throwing the ball and it's been the same ever since, you know, it doesn't matter. Like if you want to go back to like Manny Sanders and Plaxico Burris or like, I mean, go back as far as you want. They've always had two very good wide receivers. Martavis Bryant, hashtag team Clemson, big wide receiver. Um, like, so yeah, I do believe in George Pickens. I said that right. I, I'll never say Pickens or Pickett and not think I said the wrong one. Fair. But I do still think Deontay Johnson can do really well also. And by the way, he's only definitely locked into Pittsburgh through next Well, Yeah, one more year. Yeah, I mean, his contract goes through uh, 24, but they can get out after next year. So it could be a situation changes and possibly for the better. And at that point, he's still only 28, which really like 27 to 29 is generally a wide receiver's prime anyway. So I don't think we should tie everything to how bad Pittsburgh might be. All right, so before we move on to the next question, which is an actual question that didn't do the numbering of – answers like wait, rocky what was your new year's resolution i don't really do new year's resolutions either it's sort of in the back of my head like i constantly want to lose weight because i am a chubby guy uh but uh you have to it, eat not chicken fingers for that yeah that that helps yeah it's, and stay off the burgers and the pizza too but uh, <laughs> uh but that never seems to pan out so but if i was going to give one that's what it would have been all right and what is your favorite donut Oh, well, we already said that. That that is the correct answer. Yeah. That what uh, what he said. Nice. The bacon and the maple. Yes. Now I know Yingling is your go-to, but is that your favorite alcoholic beverage? It is because I don't. I think we've talked about this before. I don't really do the liquor thing. Yeah, you don't. I, do liquor, I, don't right? I don't like whiskey or bourbon or any of that stuff. I I stick to beer. It's usually either Yingling, um, occasionally Corona. If I don't. I like Corona better for the yeah. taste, but it's not really that great of beer. Like, to do you throw a lime in that thing though? When you do the Corona, do you do the little? Bit I do the lime. lime. Yes. Yeah, that's the way. That's how I just like tastes it. like dirty water to me. Um, <laughs> and are there any players you're going after right now? I, I, I kind of. I kind of want to go after Deontay now uh, yeah. for a second round pick. Um, I, I've mentioned Kyler before. Uh, which Jake said earlier. Uh, I, I'm not really, we, we've talked about this too after the season ended. I'm not really going after anybody necessarily right now. I'm kind of in the relaxing mode. And if people want to send me offers, I'll, I'll mess around. But I'm not really looking for guys right now. Uh, probably uh, pretty soon I'll be going after Kirk Cousins some, some more spots though. Oh, I haven't been a lot, <laughs> so I'll send you some offers. I still think he's got a few years left in him, and and he's eternally yeah. underrated. So yeah, there's there's no reason for anything of him to change because that offense exactly. is changing, and he's still there. So yep. And I will answer these questions. I'm normally not a resolution person myself, but I have been saying the phrase "I mean" so much <laughs> that it's annoying me. So my resolution is to not start sentences with "I mean." First of all, because like I said, it's annoying, but it's also a way of me trying to be non-confrontational. It's like start like saying technically. Well, technically you're you're right. <laughs> Which is just like a nice way of saying you're wrong. Like I mean, yeah, but like, 
so that's 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 my resolution like i I want to not say that as much favorite donut like my real favorite donut is a boston cream oh i love boston cream too that would be number two for me yeah Yeah. maple bake like that's just effing wonderful like you go for that anytime you see it but like boston cream is just much more accessible yes true uh yeah i'm I'm a whiskey guy uh my easy go-to is jameson because it is literally just like the bland whiskey that you're just like okay i could drink this uh if i want to go for whiskey that i actually like red breast and writer's tears are two of my favorite i this is the only thing i've disagreed with you on in this maybe this entire podcast maybe in life is red breast i don't like red breast at all i had it when i was over in ireland we did a sample a random blind taste test yeah. of whiskeys i hated it i really? with a vengeance i couldn't deal with it it had too much like smoky something harshness like, i don't know see it's really funny because i don't think it is like i think there's like a fruity background to it which like it's like a nice change up to your usual just like whiskey um but also like if we're talking like drink drink just like we talk like give me a whiskey give me an old-fashioned and i am just like I feel classy and I am just so happy. And the place I go to a lot for dinner does a smoked old fashioned where they, they make you an old fashioned and they bring over like a little wooden tray they put on top. There's wood chips and they take a torch to it and it gets old. And it's just like they take it off and your glass is smoking and like it's. Mm. Wow. I thought I was fancy going to a place that like made the guacamole at table side but this is way above shit. don't you downplay that <laughs> uh and players i'm going after honestly like right now it's it has nothing to do with price because you're still gonna have to pay but like i want to get Brees hall once or twice before people remember how good he is uh you know we haven't seen the workout video we haven't seen anything yet he said he was hailing fast and that's all i need to hear also like i just i want at least i don't have any because I don't draft running backs. I don't like uh, running backs. That so, reminds me. I, I, I also will, once I start making more offers myself again, I think go after Javante because I think every, everyone's too far down on him at this point. Yeah, that's they, me. I'm way too far down. Yeah. So if you oh, have him, that. sell him to me. Oh, I don't have him. T-I-R, baby. <laughs> Let's go. So the last question we have is at Noob Engineer. Uh, thank you for the sassy cow eggnog recommendation. Delicious. All right. What is that? Uh, I'm a big nog guy when okay. it comes to the holidays because I love my whiskey and my bourbon, but you can also make it with brandy, which I think is how most people do. But right. like gooshed up eggnog, right? Mm-hmm. You have you have the nog. I don't make it. What am I, a magician? I don't make eggnog. I just no, buy it from a... No one does. It just appears in stores. Thing. Yeah, exactly. I just buy it. But then you mix it with the liquor of your choice. Uh, again, mine happened to be bourbon. But there's a specific uh, Wisconsin brand of dairy out here called Sassy Cow. I figured it's that had to name. be a Wisconsin thing. It's wonderful. <laughs> uh, but I'm glad. I'm glad that they like that. And the actual question is, how often are you guys getting cute with your team after winning a league? Or do you keep your core and try to win with the guys who got you to the ship previously? Just curious. Thanks. I mean, like, you have to win before you you know, you answer this question. And that's what happens too often with me. Uh, loyalties for suckers. I mean, let's put it that way. Like, if I like a player, I like a player. If I think they're still going to be good, I'll still, you know... 
no player is not available for trade ever. <laughs> you know, if someone's willing to play to pay my price for it, I'll make the move. Or you know, if I get a better deal on it, do I go out of my way to destroy teams after I've won? If I get too bored and it's a bad idea, yeah, I'll do it sometimes. But usually, I don't go out of my way to completely destroy teams that I've won, unless like I see the writing on the wall, like I completely aged out. You know, like you had Hopkins and other old players everywhere you know like yeah maybe then but otherwise yeah maybe like i'll keep my core guys and then just have fun with the rest of it but i'm not too afraid to make a move with a team not just one yeah i feel like it's so dependent on the specific player if the bulk of my roster let's say in 2021, if I could revert back and say at the tail end of 2021, like one of my best wide receivers was Adam Thielen. Yeah. Like I'm going to be taking those guys. And if I can maximize their little value, even if somebody who thinks that they're a contender and like, they're going to give me, you know, a second plus or whatever for Adam Thielen, like I I will do that without question. I don't care about the construction of my team post win i care about the individual players that i can move down incrementally in age with but i'm not just going to do it to do it i think like you said russ like i'm not just going to do that just because i i feel a certain way about winning mm-hmm. you know i feel happy about winning but i would like to take those specific players and be like yeah if if i can get some some balance out of yeah. this i'm going to do that yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much with you guys. I'm not worried about making a trade uh, just because I won a championship. I had one that I won last year. Um, but this is young guy for young guy. But it was DeAndre Swift. I ended up getting a trade after I won. DeAndre Swift. And at first, I was sending for Justin Herbert. Uh, oh, well, yeah, that's easy. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, it's me too, though. So I had to think about it a little bit, but yeah, everyone said the value is too good. And, all. and this is also before last year where I think Drondre Swift's value was even higher. So he was um, like running back three. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, as opposed started. to where he is now. So, but and then I won the title again this year. So it, it ended up working out. So now you just got to um, blow the team up. You just, the, you have yeah, no choice. Exactly. that's what happens. You win twice and you're done. You just got to, <laughs> there you go. That's uh, no. to the rules. But and I'm also but even with older guys, I'm not opposed to kind of holding on to guys either, though, like because a lot of older teams, you're not getting the value that they're going to score in your lineup anyway. So I'm not opposed to kind of making one more run. And and, and unless somebody offers me what I think is enough value for the points I'm going to get of just kind of. I know everyone's so obsessed with if you're old, you need you need to like like Jake said, kind of get younger. And I'm not disagreeing with that, but I'm not opposed to if I can't get like like, like on teams where I might have like a Zeke and uh, uh, and Adams and, and stuff like that. I'm not opposed to just trying to make another run with that team and then just blow it up. Oh yeah, uh, I'm gonna be stuck with so many Dalvin Cook shares right now. That yeah, or like that. Really- yeah, there's just there's a bunch of guys that you're just not gonna get anything for in in the non point scoring season. And I don't, like I said, I, even if I'm old, I don't mind just, you know, let's give this one more shot. Then I know I'm blowing it up and it's going to be at least a year or two before I'm good again. Yeah. Um, I, we had no trades before <laughs> like five o'clock today, you know, for the show I went through and I updated all of my trade baits for the 10 trade addicts leagues and whether I won, whether I lost, 
I did not put Travis Kelsey on any of my train mates. <laughs> I was just about to ask no BS. Dustin and I in the DTFF podcast were talking about how we whiffed on Travis Kelsey for this year. Like I was all in on him last year and I just said this year I'm going to get out before he hits his cliff in the uh, offense adjusts to be to more of a spread offense. And obviously that was stupid and wrong. You don't listen to me about tight ends. But for him right now, he's just a guy who's going to die on your roster. Yep. Is that right? Is that fair? It, it depends what kind of leagues you're in. And especially what time of year it is. Because a lot of people thought like you did going into last season. And I remember... I did a a second chance dispersal in one of my leagues and I drafted Kelsey first thinking I'll be able to move him because you're doing a dispersal. Your team's not going to be good coming out. Like you, you, you know that, but still like I took Kelsey thinking I'll be able to flip him for a decent amount and I couldn't get more than a mid first for him. Like it was ridiculous. Like you couldn't get anything like, cause he was what 33, you know? And, but it don't matter. Like, we see that. He still has Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback. Patrick Mahomes likes throwing him the ball. He's very good at throwing him the ball. And I see no re- – like, do- players these days are mostly not human. Like, you know, <laughs> we think back to, like, Antonio Gates. And, like, that was the definition of a human being. A very strong, very good tight end human being. But he was a human being. Travis Kelsey, not a human being. DK Metcalf, not a human being. Like, th- these men are just demigods at this point. Like, and I, I firmly believe that Travis Kelsey will just leave at some point when he's, when he's not good anymore. Like, I, I don't think he's going to magically fall off a cliff or anything. Like, he'll just be like, no, okay, I, you know, all right. And any player is like that. So you can't really play scared like that. So I'm, yes, I'm going to have Travis Kelsey on my team and, if someone is smart and realizes that Travis Kelsey is going to still just be very, very, very good and wants to give me part of me would want to first, but hell man, like a first and a second, a first this year and a first next year, I would absolutely consider moving him. But like, it's going to take an offer for me to move him because he's, there's no reason for him not to just keep doing this. Yeah. And I think it was Rocky. The first one that ever brought it up, like, Oh no, Travis Kelsey falls to like tight end three. Are we set? Like, that's not the worst thing in the world like i mean that that's not bad of course it's not 10 points per game above tight end two but like there's a lot of value in tight end three you know yeah so like there's no reason to be worried about travis kelsey whatsoever and so yeah he was like the one person i just held on my teams well didn't even bother putting on my trade bait because i knew i wouldn't get the offer i wanted and even if i did i don't want to be confronted with the emotions of having to trade away Travis Kelsey right now. Like, I'm not ready for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. He's he's dying on my roster. The only way I'm moving Travis Kelsey is if I go into the season thinking I'm contending, I'm not, and then I move him in season because that's when you're going to get the most for him. Otherwise, yeah. he's just there until he retires. And I feel the need to point out that before we start recording, we're like, oh, man, we got nothing. This is going to be like a 40-minute show. And, <laughs> well, the, the counter says I'm an hour 13, but I don't think we actually started till like almost 10 minutes in. But that's still over an hour. Uh, and at that point, we were moving up to Trade Addicts trades. Trade Addicts leagues, 12-team, Superflex, PPR, tight end premium with 1.75 points per tight end reception. With 0.05 points for return yardage and all leagues except for Trade Addicts 1, which I think I'm just going to put in there and see if anyone notices. <laughs> um, 
I did a comparison about like points amongst players, and there is like no difference whatsoever. Like out of the top 150 players, Isaiah Pacheco had an extra total 30 points on the season. <laughs> and that was the biggest difference. That was the biggest difference. Somebody's so one of the Pacheco managers is going to get real salty about not having it the year before. Where was his 30 points last year? I could (laughs) have used it. Like, yeah, like I think I'm just going to add the 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 only the only way people will know is if I don't keep saying this before. I was just going to say, like, hear you not say on the didn't say except for trade addicts one. Let me go check the scoring, but we don't even have one of those today, so we're going to move on to trade addicts two, where. Someone who will remain nameless, this guy, uh, traded Geno Smith and the 310 for the 210 and a 24 second. And this is one of those things where I think it's kind of fun because, like, even this was this was with Jerry, who actually also did the other trade at X2 trade, where he's like, I'm gonna trade, I'm trading two seconds for this guy who might just get replaced in the draft, but fun. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I, I firmly believe Gino is going to be their guy going forward, at least for this next year. They do have the third overall pick, I think it is, and that's a pick too late. While they do have the capital to move up that one pick, because they have two, at least two firsts, and maybe none of two next year, I don't remember anymore. Like That deal feels like years ago at this point that I have no idea what they ended up with. But Gino did well enough, and for Pete Carroll, that is well enough like most times it's usually well enough isn't good enough to keep your job with Pete Carroll it absolutely is and and they made the playoffs yeah that doesn't it does to them I'm sure it does to Pete Carroll and, and, and the, the yeah and I, they will lose their jobs when they don't feel like doing it anymore like they should have been fired four or five years ago and they haven't so it's just never going to end unless they wanted to um honestly I had Geno Smith I'm just like Cool. I I took that lightning in the bottle to second place because that's all I'll ever be in a trade addicts league. And I was just like, I'll take two seconds. That's fine. Like I felt good. Does anyone have any strong feelings about Gino or two seconds? Look, I think you will both end up being winners. Even if Gino Smith is the starter next year, because what did you get Gino Smith for? Literally nothing. You have ended up with two second round picks for this guy who last year, let's be honest, coming into the last season, did anybody have a super strong opinion about Geno Smith versus Drew Locke? Did yeah, but really... we weren't ready to call him the starter until like a week before the season when the Seahawks said it. I mean, I, nobody could, because how would, again, it's Pete Carroll. How do you truly believe Pete Carroll even knows what Pete Carroll is going to do three months from now? I don't. So he doesn't. So nobody does. But once you end up with a starting quarterback and you get two second round picks for him, like if he plays one more year, which to me seems like kind of the threshold. Sadly, I love the story of Geno Smith coming back, but it feels like next year he'll start. Maybe he'll light the world on fire again, but maybe he'll just be good enough for one more year before they find their next guy. Yeah, but that also will probably make him good enough to bridge in other places, but that's not something you really want to chase. But, like, honestly, like, Geno Smith for, like, a mid-second feels just, like, the right, you know, fine for both sides. So to get the 210 and then a 24-second, I'm just like, that's fine. Uh, Oh, yeah, and he's like, just give me a third to make me feel like I won a little bit. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) What's funny is... 
these are every pick involved is Jerry's. He sent me his <laughs> second and 24 second. I sent him his third back. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I lean Gino a bit here for me. I the two ten is just so low. It's such a crapshoot, and he is a starting quarterback. And I get it, it's profit. I agree with Jake. No matter what, it's profit. But he did have the season he just had. I just looked. He was QB seven in points per game, yep. not just overall points. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. I think he's definitely the starter next year. I beyond that's impossible to predict, but I think he's definitely the starter next year. And I would just need a little more than the two ten and a, a second that's two years out. But I don't think it's a crazy deal or anything. No, and I am trying to, you know, just to put some a little bit of strategy out there. I'm trying to amass seconds at this point this year and next year. First of all, this year and next year are supposed to be very good drafts. So if Mm -hmm. I end up using them, they should be decent dart throws as opposed to bad dart throws. Cause let's face it. It doesn't matter what year it is. The two ten is not a given anything whatsoever, but also because seconds really just do help deals get done. And that that's really what it is. You know, thirds, we always, we joke in the phrases, thirds get deals done. No, but seconds get deals done. Even if it is the 210, even if it's, you know, the dart throw of 210 last year, when the 210 last year felt like a fourth, but like still <laughs> you trade, you throw a second in a trade and it gives it heft. like, you know, yeah. so like, that's really why I did this. And again, we don't, you know, normally we don't give context, but when it's one of ours, you know, that's why we're here because it's my trade. I want to freaking talk about it. Do you know my QB4? You know, like, well, oh, yeah. you know, he's. I have four startable QBs, which is weird for me to have more than two. So I'm like, all right, whatever. I don't need, I don't need four QBs. Screw it. <laughs> yeah, that makes it easier for me to do too. If I have four, I'll, yeah, I might take a little, a 210 instead of getting the 205 or something. Yeah. But you know what's super easy to do? Always makes me happy. (laughs) (sighs) So another trade addicts two trade, and this was this was a big boy. So that's why this is the trade addicts sleeper trade of the week. Jonathan Taylor and Allen Robinson for AJ Dillon, Chuba Hubbard, and I wrote Michael Putman, but it is actually Michael Pittman. (laughs) I'm so like, I, and I had to stare at it. I'm like, who the heck is Michael? Oh, <laughs> I'm an idiot. Okay. <laughs> so basically Taylor for Dylan and, and Putman. And Putman. <laughs> that is his name now. I'm, I'm going to get a cold squeeze with Putman on the back of it. Let's go. So, Jake, what are your thoughts on Jonathan Taylor in general? Right now, is Jonathan Taylor your running back one? His value is so suppressed right now. Uh, in a weird way here's this is such a cop-out answer but let me let me phrase it this way last year everybody for the most part 80 percent of the populace said jonathan taylor is my running back one and then maybe 20 percent was like uh maybe cmc is my running back one um the year before that did anybody have jonathan taylor as their running back one maybe 20 percent had Jonathan Taylor as their running back one. 80% had it the complete opposite direction. I'm going to go against the grain for running back perception almost all of the time in these trades, especially when we're talking about the high end. 
because I don't think we actually know as much as we think we do about who the running back one, two, and three is. So from that perspective, Jonathan Taylor, maybe, maybe he's the running back one. He's not my running back one. He's in a group of about five dudes for that right now. And I say of those five dudes, if I can get any of them in a trade like this, then I'll do it. So for him, a Michael Pitt, it's maybe me not loving the Putman as much as everybody else's. <laughs> Would it change for you if it was Michael Pittman instead of Michael Putman? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe just barely. But even then, I don't think I, I can't trust a guy who can't use one name all the time who has to move between it. No, but really, Michael Pittman, I've even last year I fought against Michael Pittman. I just was like, I mean, the consensus is on this guy, I get some aspect of the talent perspective on him I still wasn't ready to be like he's a top 12 guy or can ever be a top 12 guy for me so I would rather take the guy who's in that chunk of five running backs which is Jonathan Taylor rock well yeah first of all Bijan Robinson is the RB1 so yeah that's <laughs> uh, but yeah I'm with I'm with Jake and kind of for the same reason because uh, Pittman, Putman, whatever you want to call him, uh, I think the idea of Pittman is better than actual Michael Pittman. Everyone thinks he's this, you know, potential beast, and we haven't seen it yet. Uh, it's just looking points per game. He's like 13 points per game. And I know the situation was not great this year, but that's nothing special. There's like 20 guys that can get in the range of, 13 points or so per game. And I don't know that it's going to improve next year because what, who the hell's their quarterback next year? So yeah, Derek Carr or Um, but I, I just don't see it happening. This thing like where Michael Pittman becomes the guy that everybody wants him to be. And AJ Dillon is fine. I mean, I guess Aaron Jones may leave. I, I, I don't know if they have an Maybe you know, Jake. Did they have an ad after this year or this past year that happened, or it'll be next year? It'll be a lot smoother next year. They could just if they blow it all up, but probably the year after. Yeah, so it might we might have another year of the two of them together, where you know he has his his you know when he scores two touchdowns, he's great, and when he doesn't, he usually isn't great. So neither of those is enough for me to move off John. And I think we're too low. I said this about Javante too. I think we're too low on Jonathan Taylor too. Actually. I mean, he has the offense issues as well uh, that Pittman does, but uh, he was also banged up for a lot of the year. Uh, I I think he's going to be a little more of a bounce back candidate. He's not going to probably be RB1 next year, but like Jake said, in that group of guys that has the potential to do it. And if they just are a little better offensively, which maybe with a Derek Carr, they will be um, maybe with some offensive line improvement next year. I, I, again, I don't think RB1, but I think he's going to be better than we've seen this year, and he's going to have more of those games that we saw in 2021. So I would pretty easily take the Taylor side in this deal. Yeah, it's really funny. Like, I agree with everything both of you have pretty much said about Jonathan Taylor. He's not running back one for me. I was never happy with the price. Like, he was RB1 by default mm-hmm. just because of age and age and and not to say he's bad he did well i liked him coming in wisconsin running backs you know it's just you know they they're good and 
it's but like I still it'll I'll never get over how many games it took for him to catch up to Derrick Henry that that year where Derrick Henry got hurt like seven games in and it took another seven games for Jonathan Taylor to catch up to Derrick Henry's score. So yeah, he was RB1 by default. So his price got way too high because he was RB1. But this is a good price. Like, not to say that you're buying Jonathan Taylor, then all of a sudden he's going to go back to what he was. But like, let's say he goes back to top eight running back. This is a fantastic price to pay for that. You know, could A.J. Dillon be a thing if they actually use him and he doesn't do as bad as he did for like the first 10-ish games of this season? Um, And Chuba, I like as a player, but I don't think he's going to be a guy. So, yeah. And I do like Pittman, but I have absolutely (sighs) – he's not going to be a top 12 wide receiver. It's just – and if he does like one year, it'll be – because other guys got hurt and just the right things clicked and it's not going to happen again next year. But like, so yeah, like if I'm going to buy Jonathan Taylor, which I I most likely never will anyway, this is a very palpable price. Like I'm okay with this, but also if I have Jonathan Taylor and I don't believe in him, Pittman and AJ Dillon's not terrible. The only thing diverting me away from that side of this trade is the fact that I would have to accept Allen Robinson coming on to my roster. <laughs> That's like almost enough to make me not want to do it. <laughs> How did he just do nothing this year? Like, I, I know. Get no. it. I love Allen Robinson. All right. Well, and that is your trade of the week brought to you by the Sleeper Fantasy app, the fastest growing fantasy football platform in the world. Join a new dynasty league or migrate yours to their platform and enjoy how easy they make it to manage all your leagues in one place. Join millions of players today on Sleeper, the number one fantasy football platform. Download the app today to get started. And we have one more blockbuster of a trade. <laughs> Rocky, why don't why don't you just in Trade Addict Six? Tell us about this one. Trade Addict Six, Antonio Gibson for the majestic two ten pick. Jake, what do you what do you think? There's a lot a lot riding on the two ten this week. It's a yeah, two ten is so got a lot, a lot of value this week. <laughs> Guys, what do we do? Is this what this episode was all about? Was trying to really narrow down the value of this <laughs> 210? You're good. I can't believe you picked up on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very astute. I would go with the um, hopeful still at this point upside of Antonio Gibson versus the 210 in this draft. And, and I'm the one who sent the 210 for Gibson and that, that's what I was basically thinking. I also have like two seconds and three firsts Did in that you, league. Who sent the offer? Uh, J. Mike. So he sent you Antonio Gibson looking to get the for, 210 from you. For that specific pick. Yeah, he sent, he, I have three seconds, I think, and he picked that one, which I think is the lowest. Yeah, and, and I have to be honest, while I am not really for acquiring running backs now, I probably would have said yes, too. Like Antonio Gibson was a top 20 fantasy running back and yeah, Brian Robinson didn't start the season and there was a lot of weird ups and downs with who they were giving the ball to. But especially with the way I create my teams, like I'm absolutely fine going into the season with just Antonio Gibson and then figuring out running back a little later, you know, like, so. And, it, the and, 
like you said, like who cares? It's the two ten. That's why you have the two ten is to yes. make moves like this. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. Like it's worth a roll of the dice to see yeah. if Gibson can. Re- and it's not like Brian Robinson was was gangbusters at the end of the year. Himself. Exactly. Yeah. So I think there's a decent chance, and we saw when uh, Gibson, uh, for a certain stretch of the season, was almost like became when McKissick got hurt, became their pass catching back. So maybe they use him more in that capacity, and maybe he takes more of the rushing work from Robinson. Done with those hopes and dreams. Like I, no, but he did. He was he was I, catching. No, he I, I'm not going to like expect it to be goals. a thing. You like, mean with McKissick healthy? Situationally, it might happen, but he he will not be that guy. And if I am pleasantly surprised if he becomes that, that's great. But I am not going to hinge my hopes on it. No, but it wasn't just that, like, the stats. He was going on the field in passing situations because it was because McKissick was was not healthy. That's the concern is why did it take J.D. McKissick to go down for him to get utilized in that way? Like, that's still the red flag in the back of my brain. We've been saying that since he came in the league. But it's like Doug Peterson's love of Darren Sproles. Yeah, you know, like it's so it's always mind boggling. Like he came in, we weren't sure if he was going to be designated as a wide receiver or a running back, and they refused to let him catch the ball out of the backfield for his first two years. It's, it's like harsh. what the hell? But yeah, it was a pretty easy, and it wasn't. It's not even like I'm depending on. And this 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 team is sort of mid rebuild, but I actually have some other kind of Antonio Gibson ish type. I have Pollard, I have Rashad White, so I even have a few other guys I can kind of mix around in there. But you don't uh, have Josh Jacobs. I do not have Josh Jacobs. I Finally, she was able to trade him away after like yeah. twelve weeks. Ugh. But that is the end of our show sheets. That's going to be the end of our show. It is always a pleasure yes. to have your beaming personality and face on our <laughs> show, Jake. So why don't you, before we leave, remind everyone who you are, what you do, and where they could find what you do. Well, thank you guys for bringing me on. This is, this is, there, nobody should ever be able to say that there is an easier podcast to come on from just like a chopping it up perspective than the Trade Addicts podcast. It is my favorite. So thank you guys very much. I'm out there on Twitter at Jake Trowbridge. If you want, feel free. If not, uh, drinking and talking fantasy football, that's a fun one. That's a good podcast. Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, that's another fun podcast. And also follow and subscribe to Matthew Berry's Fantasy Life Newsletter. Yes, do all of that now. Now. Like, we're wrapping this up. You don't really need to listen. You've heard me say this stuff before, so keep us playing. But do all that stuff. Our stuff, patreon.com slash pod. You could pull a Dustin, the co-host from Drinking Talking's Fantasy Football, and just log on to hear someone talk bad about you and then leave. <laughs> uh, because you do get the link to watch us uh, record this live and enter into our chat to let us know that you are here to hear us talk bad about you. And also we have the group me chat, the Cool Kids Club, which is an awesome hopping good time. And ffpodshirts.storeenvy.com. Did we put them out? Because I know there is a Scott Fishbowl, a Scott Fish Playoff League. And there may be some apparel coming out for that. And as always, every single penny that comes into that store goes straight to Fantasy Cares. So you will get some awesome stuff. Kids will get some awesome stuff for the holidays. Everybody wins. And as I didn't realize I say like every single show I'm about to win by going to bed. 
because I'm ready for it. <laughs> so thank you, everyone, and good night. Good night. Thank, thank you for listening to the Great Addict Podcast, a member of the DLS family of podcasts, and a proud member in the Dicey Addict Podcast Network. Please follow your hosts at Dynasty Haha and at Dynasty FS Addict. Subscribe, rate, and review. We will catch you next time on the Trade Addict Podcast. Poopy Pan, that is the best. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> <laughs>